You're listening to the Exchange Place Podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Exchange, where our hearts, souls, and ears come together for reciprocity and transformation. I am your host, Deborah Faith, and when we get together, we explore topics that help us to better understand ourselves and one another. The Exchange is my personal invitation for you to take inventory of your life. This is our space to be free, vulnerable, transparent. So live in it, learn from it, invite others to it, and most of all, protect it. Take care of it and it will take care of you. And today, I got a heavy hitter with me, (laughs) y'all. Say what's up to the people. Hey, people. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's feeling well. Yes. So we got Brenda Phillips, a.k.a. B in the building. (laughs) Now, I always always got to give a little bio about the people that sit across from me in this table or even come sit in this room um, of... Not only who they are with what you do, um, because I think you're amazing. Let me just say that, right? Um, You are a creative. You are the owner of Miss We Care, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You are owner of a clothing line, Be Inspired, which I love. Thank you. And most of all, you know what I love about you is your heart. I love that (laughs) the first time that I met Brenda, y'all. I swear, you know how you, they say that you can see people's heart? I literally saw your heart. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's too early to be making you me cry. You can't cry yet. You can't cry yet. You can't cry yet. But um, I met you in a hiking group. Yes. Um, and unbeknownst to, I think, both of us, I never expected our connection to be what it was. Right. Um, or what it is. And what it growing. is. Yes. And it's just so amazing to see not only your heart, but see how much you do for the people um, and the children. I know that you're in the school systems a lot, Mm -hmm. always giving back to the the kids. You're a philanthropist. Um, You're just amazing. I can't (laughs) say enough about that. And most of all, you are my sister um, from another mister. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I love you. Thank you. And I I thank you for coming to the space because it's not an easy space to come to. I, I yeah. came, you know, tied up my bootstraps. I'm here. I know that's right. <laughs> and you came for um, this month is May, mm-hmm. and this month we are dedicating to mental health awareness mm-hmm. um, and also women. Yes. yes, yes. So we are celebrating women this month. It's Mother's Day this month. So mm-hmm. I just thought it would only be appropriate to have you on the show um, to talk about mental health, to talk about therapy, and this is an, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of why the, the podcast even exists. Um, I think back in um, 2019, I really started, probably 2018, going into 2019, I really started dealing with mental health, right, issues, mm-hmm. which I had already always struggled with. But I think for our community, and I'll talk about that because it's the only thing that I know about, I think it's like almost a taboo. Absolutely. And I had to realize like some of the things and some of the issues in my healing process came from childhood trauma, um, came from, you know, I lost I lost two sisters. My oldest sister passed away before I was born. Um, I lost I've gone through a lot of loss and nobody kind of ever putting attention towards it, it or ever me even thinking that anything was wrong. Right. Um, There was almost a normal about that. My sister, when I was 12 years old, my sister died in my arms, um, which was, again, I think about that now as a 40-something-year-old woman, right? Right. And how traumatic, if that happened to my child, what would be the recourses that I would take and where, you know what I mean? What would be the resources that I looked into? How would you service? And service a child who had experienced that trauma, right? And I never had that. 
so I was just like, wow. So this podcast is dedicated to the people that feel like they suffer in silence. Mm. Um, and I don't, I know why well, I know from conversations that we've had that you understand that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just want to, I first want to talk about like therapy in our community. Right. And what, what's your take on that? Like, I think that, um, for so long, therapy has been something that has been, um, stigmatized, like, oh, like, what's wrong with you if you go to therapy, right? Yeah. So, like, what's wrong with you? And sometimes people don't understand that has and has nothing to do with what's wrong. Sometimes you just want to maintain a level mindset and a level headspace yeah. or whatever. However, you know, our community definitely struggles with so many traumatic things, but it is so normal. I know, so I know. because it's so normal and because it's something like, you know, that's we wake up to that has been normal, we don't know how to service that part of us. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, myself, I'm the first person in my family to kind of seek the help and do the things that I'm doing. I come me from too. a long line of generational trauma. Wow. Um, a very, I'm talking about from like my grandma and my grandma's grandma like and I hear the stories you know mm-hmm. so I come from a very long line of generational trauma but what I will say about therapy is now thank God that it is becoming a thing for people of color right yeah. it's becoming a thing for people of color so now we do have resources we do have yeah. the things to where as though um and opportunities and stuff where uh, people are opening up their doors and, you know, there's even free therapy services out there. There's a lot of resources out there for us currently. You just have to look for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I And I agree with you. I think, again, when I say the normal um, of that, and this is a story that I think I thought was so normal um, my whole life. I mean, I think me and you have had this conversation before, but so my dad was in the war, the Vietnam War. And I remember as a child, he would go through what now I know as PTSD, Mm -hmm. right? Episodes where he would literally lock himself in the closet with a gun. Heavy. Right? And I think about that and I'm just like, but that was very normal to me in that space that that would happen. We would just kind of, you couldn't go in the room and especially men. I mean, and not to take, but I think men suffer in silence so much. They don't know how to reach out. I don't know that my dad was, you know, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us. But I just feel the importance of kind of sharing those things. And I know we always have to be mindful whether people are here or not, but it's my story. You know what I mean? It's what I experienced and what I knew as normal. Right. And processing that. And I I think about that growing up, like, how is that normal? Almost like somebody who grows up in addiction, a a family that has addiction and you know oh when uncle or auntie is high she's just high you know what I mean and you just kind of put that and again that's normal and it's not normal um and what I found I think I had always uh, a struggled with depression um as a child um and I know now I can say oh that came from a I lost my sister and that was never processed um last year I had a com- an interesting conversation with my mother because in my house you didn't go to therapy you went to church uh. And I know the side, right? <laughs> um, and as much as I love the Lord, I you know, I love God and I understand the power of God. I think that God also gives us wisdom mm-hmm. and he gives us resources right. to actually tap into. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, my mother knew you, our parents can only give us what they know to give. To give. Yeah. Right. And similar to what you kind of said is like, you know, I come from, my mom lost three children. I can only imagine what that did to her. You know what I'm saying? And she only gave me probably what was given to her because that's all she had to give. So she probably didn't know what to do. And neither did my dad Mm. know what to do with the trauma. It's just like, act like everything's okay. So I I was the person who was always okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's funny um, just talking about generational trauma. Like I go a little bit back for myself. So like I am someone, both of my parents was addicted to drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, and it took me to be an adult. I was a very angry teenager. I'm talking about angry. I'm not half of the woman that I am now. Me too. Ooh, I get it. Let me tell you something. I look back, 
and I did not like the young lady that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very angry. I mean, not to take away that I didn't have reasons to be, you know. Yeah. Um, I felt abandoned. I didn't have my mother. I didn't have my father. I went to four different high schools. Like, I, I dealt with sexual trauma. I dealt with physical abuse. You know what I'm saying? I dealt mm-hmm. with the mistreatment. And to overcome that, um, a lot of people say, like, oh, you're so strong. <laughs> so I'll share this Um it's so funny. Ugh, I'm just I'm having this conversation. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I seen my aunt. Nobody in my family uh, knows that I deal with some internal battles. Literally nobody. nobody. When yeah. I tell you nobody, nobody. Never had a conversation with anybody in my family or anybody close to me with about about it because I come from that church yeah. background, right? Yeah. So where they cover? Yes. And the thing about it is, is uh, I never had that conversation with my aunt who. Was has been very instrumental in my life. She took custody of me when I was about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had that conversation with her because I always knew what her response was going to be, right? I knew it, right? But here I am. Here I am, 33 years old. And um, I just happened to walk in to go to see my aunt. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what's going on? And she was having a moment, right? She was having a day, like you would say. Yeah, she was having, she was a, having day. a day. <laughs> and um, she looked at me and she goes, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Because of everything that you've been through, you ain't dealing with nothing. You ain't got no issues. I'm so proud of you. Wow. You're the one. Literally, you're the one. And it's so funny because it's funny to hear somebody say that, but you know that they already think that. Like, you always... So I always knew in my mind, my family had always had this, you know, like, you're the, you good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I was having a day that day, right? But she didn't know it, right? And she was having a day, but it made my eyes water because I'm like, you have no no clue what I've been battling with. Like, you have no clue. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said to her, and, you know, I'll go there, but I said to her, what do you mean? She's like, you know, you don't really have any real issues. Mm. And I was just like, are you kidding me? You know, I said, are you kidding me? I said, let me tell you something. Yeah. And I told her, you know, back in um, about 2016, I believe mm-hmm. it was, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, yeah. suicidal ideation, yeah. anxiety, mm-hmm. um, like literally diagnosed with these things, right? And her response was literally, oh, I'm not claiming that. We're not claiming that. I plead the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And here I am, right? Come I always in. knew that that would be her response. Yeah. Which is why I've never shared. talked. I've never shared. Yeah. And I had to stop her in the midst of all of that. And I had to say, stop. Yeah. You know, I need you to hear what it is that I'm saying to you, you know? And she literally said, you know what? You're right. Because suicide is a silent killer. It is. It is. It is. It yeah. is. It is. So I, I totally, I, t- I totally can relate. Um, I think this thing, I kind of hate to be called strong. Uh, um, uh, because I'm a sip of I think, yeah, sip, sip something. Because I think in my family, people look at me and I've been told even by my brother like oh no you'll be okay and they tend to other people I had a conversation with my mom last year and kind of similar how it came out because I had already I was seeking counseling so I was getting healed but something kind of triggered her to be like oh well you always seem like you you know how you are and you always okay and I was like no so I'm not always okay but I've been you have to take responsibility for what you've taught me to do as a 12 year old watching my sister die in my arms Mm -hmm. And never, you've never asked me if I'm okay. So now at 40 something, you, you, that's how you feel like I function. So nothing bothers me. So at that particular time I had, I had lost my job for like seven or eight months. I was, you know, no job, single parent, you know, having to take care of, you know, the children and everything else and the weight of the world on my back, really. Um, but you wouldn't think to ask me if I'm okay because your interpretation is I, you You'll see get me through get it. through everything else. And I was like, but you taught me to be that way. Because black women are, are strong. strong. And that's like, and I, I, I want the listeners to really hear the black women that are listening to this. And it's nothing against it's, anybody else. No, nothing. it's not. It's, it's just how we... It's who we are. are. Yeah. But strong is a condition, right? It really is. Because think about it. Like, strong (laughs) is literally a condition. Because, like, when you think about it, right, 
there are functional addicts, right? We mm-hmm. diagnose them. Oh, they're functional addicts. They may be on drugs, but they could keep a job. They could do this. They could go about their day-to-day tasks. Yeah. There are functional depressed people. There are functional people who them. are drowning inside. Yes. There are people, like you ever hear about, okay, to all the listeners, you, I'm sure everybody has known someone who was like, um, who has committed suicide. Yeah. You ever hear about? Oh my gosh! What? What? I didn't. I, I would have no never. You did. Yeah. yeah it's I would have never even known. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would have never known. But how comfortable did you make anyone in your life to allow them in that space to be able to express those deepest condol, like those yeah. deepest hurts and pains to you? Like you know what I mean? Because. Yeah. We, or, or what is your response? Yeah. So I think, I think two things happen. I think the person who's been deemed strong feels like it's a responsibility to be that yeah. way. Um, I know that I did. I can't speak for anybody else, but I think that I really wasn't, I, I don't know that I had the space to be weak, mm. um, especially in front of people. Um, but what is weak though? I know. But again, that was my mindset then of like, you're good. Like I literally used to do this thing to myself, and now I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you pretty much was a little, a little, a little loose in in your head. But like, I would like go whatever happened. Um, you know, again, I've suffered a lot of loss. I mean, like I've lost my oldest son. I, a lot of loss, and a lot of loss very early. Um, to the point where I would, with it. I would tell myself, you're good. Like you got this amount of time to be okay, but you have all this other stuff that you need to handle and you can't afford to drop the ball. Like that was my weight and responsibility that I took because that was how I was conditioned. And I've been doing that. I don't really remember a time that I didn't have that. Like I was, and maybe that it is something personality wise that I give off or gave off as a child that made me kind of, you know, made my parents treat me that way. So I think it is part personality, but I think it's also a learned behavior. So you have the person that is trying to be strong. And then you have the people around you and me, you have kind of tapped on this before that have the expectation of you being strong. So they don't even know how, how to, to serve you, you or serve, serve you. you. So it's so crazy because, um, so, uh, it's funny that I'm talking about this because I remember wondering when would I get to a space to be okay with talking about this. Me too. Me too. I, I, and it, it's been, this year. Yeah. Um, and I have been battling with depression for uh like seven years now. Yeah. Um but uh when I was battling like in my early stages of depression, I didn't know it was depression. I had no idea what was going what was on. Wrong? Like when I tell you guys that are listening, like I literally had no idea. Because in my mind, oh, everybody gets depressed, right? You get depressed. Like, you know what I mean? You hear that all the time. Like, oh, she's depressed. Like, like seasonal depression. Yeah, like, like not even seasonal depression. She may have lost somebody or, you know, or he may have went through a breakup yeah. or and you lost their job. And you yeah. have a moment. So yeah. to me, that's what depression was. Like you have a moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so you come back. I, I had no concept of what like major depressive order was or any of those other because it's so it's It's so many levels when i tell you guys and when i tell you there is levels to depression like i I read and what happened was um make the zone story short like it's so crazy i started my nonprofit, so i have a nonprofit out there it's called we care provides educational and recreational activities for youth um love it so i i started my nonprofit, and i was in the um corporate world. I was in medical building and coding mm-hmm. and I didn't know I was depressed, but I was depressed. And what happened was I ended up getting fired. Right. I got fired and I was happy when I got fired, like <laughs> legit happy. Like I was like, Oh yeah, I'm about to figure out my nonprofit, you know, like I'm about to figure this, you know, thing out, this entrepreneur stuff out. And I, um, I couldn't get out of bed, but here's the thing. Wow. The thing about it is I always worked. Like, even before I was an entrepreneur, I was, like, 48 hours at the hospital. I had a cleaning job. I had to, I figured out how to get my own contracts with houses. I cleaned them at night. And yeah. then on top of that, I had my nonprofit. When did I have time to fill? Yeah. When did I have time to think about anything? So what happened was I lost my job. Yeah. That is 48 hours of idle time that I did not have before. Wow. So when I couldn't, like, I literally could not get out of bed. I cried. 
I cried for two years straight and I didn't know why. And just to, just to, just to even, you know, just to put it into perspective for you guys, it's so funny. I went on a woman's retreat a few years before, Mm -hmm. once again, not understanding depression. And I remember there was a lady at our woman's retreat that was crying, that was so upset. She said she dealt with depression and she didn't understand why she cried so much and it's all these things. And I remember thinking like, well, what is wrong with her? Not judgmental, but like, I literally didn't understand. And then here it is a few years later, I'm better. And she was afraid. I don't even remember this woman name but I just remember like that that picture yeah and I connection like it uh connected right and then I started researching doing things you know reading about depression because I'm like I can't like you know what is wrong with me yeah like I started to feel like what is going on with me why can't I focus why can't I but the thing about it is is like all of these years I had literally had a job since I was 14 years old I had work I had no space to fill. So dealing with, you know, not having my mother and my father, you know what I mean? Like focusing on making sure I don't become like, because in my head, if I smoke weed, I will become a drug addict. Like literally. So focusing on not being anything like my childhood and trying to navigate and figure out how to not be like or look like what I've been through. Right. So here it was. Here it was. I had 48 hours and all I had to do was fill. Everything started hitting me. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And like, I'm like just crying. But the thing about it was I couldn't connect it. And it was like so many things, but boiled up in one. So it's like, if you start to feel one thing, it's like everything you start to feel in that moment. Depression is the craziest thing. It really is. That I've ever. It really is. It's so so crazy that you tell that story. Because I'm wondering if the listeners can relate. Because as you're talking, I can totally relate. I had, like I said, I had lost way too many people, right? Um, And last year, I actually found my aunt deceased in her apartment. And Mm -hmm. I remember in that moment, like death has never affected me in the manner that it affects other people. Not that I don't feel, but it was almost like I go into a different mode um, of things. And I remember that day because at this point I'm in count, you know, I'm in therapy. I I have an awareness of like, there's something deeper than that, right? And... I remember talking to the officer and he kept on asking me, am I okay? And I'm like, I'm good. Like, cause now I'm kind of calling this part. Like I'm in this zone that you would because you're be numb like, to it. Because, because you're numb. numb. I don't have, I, it's like, I don't feel in this moment. I remember calling my therapist and like telling her what was going on. And it probably was like nothing. And, she's and like, she was like, are you okay? okay? And I was like, so I'm good. Um, but this is the difference because I still don't, I can't, I think because of all the trauma that I've been through, um, again, it feels very different. Um, death does, right? But I know it bothers me. So I, I don't allow it to, because my dad's death really brought up all the death that had been around me. I had been just functioning. I'm just like, I'm good. When anybody passes away, I'm the first person kind of that I will navigate that. I, w- I wrote my dad's obituary, made You'll all do his everything. arrangement. I will do everything. You'll figure everything out. Everybody was like, I am literally in amazement of what's right. going on right now. Right. But like after he died, it hit me. Right. But it wasn't just that hitting me. It was a. It was like a a, a Mack truck of everything hitting you from twelve years old at the same time. At the same time, and so bad that I had lost one, a, a good friend of mine who I had grown up with, who was a guy, um, 14 years ago. And it just hit me that he died last year. And my kids were like, Ma, what's wrong? It was like he died today. Day. Because you you have not allowed yourself to feel. And we, and we have a tendency to do that. And I wanted to just go back to something that you were saying. Mm-hmm. How you were saying, um, because we are strong, right? So mm-hmm. because we're the strong ones, nobody knew how to be there for me. And... Um, and in that moment, and when I was dealing, like, the people were strong, right? So I have always been the person that everyone called on. And I've been okay with that. Yeah. No, like, no, don't no. get me That's wrong. Like I, That is just part of my calling. Yeah. I love it. I am a giver, and I love yeah. it, you know? But... Still reciprocity. It's reciprocity. But I didn't understand that. Yeah. And you understand, like, being able to not receive is a sin. And I had to learn that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that being... That's a, my tough area. No, yeah, like, being able to not get when you... Or or receive when people... Like, it is literally a sin. And what happened was, in those moments in my life, because I knew how to show up for everybody else, and because I was the strong person, when I tell you, 
I lost friends. I'm talking about Ace Boone Coons. I'm talking about like I, people I thought that I could never see my life without, without because they didn't know how to show up for me. Yeah. They didn't know what they what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Mind you, at the time, I in the beginning of that time, I didn't know what was wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. But they didn't even show like empathy. I'm always the one that checked up, called people. And you ever see that meme that is like, oh, um, don't call nobody and see who call you? Yeah. I was the one that always did the reaching out and I didn't call. And guess what? Nobody called me Nobody to see if I, nobody seen if I was okay. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And like that is not a good place to get be in. Or even I'll 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 um say the people that I thought should have been calling me, right? Yeah. They weren't calling me to see if I was okay. They weren't calling me to see if I was good or whatever the case may be. And that is a hurt place to be in because you're like dang Where's not even at? right and not even that you're when you do for other people that you're expecting something back so I think you do get something back I think that's a wrong um, I, I don't want to say it's a wrong philosophy but I think it's something we've been taught like oh don't have an expectation of people I do especially as an people, adult now yeah, yeah absolutely say, expectation of those you hold close and that you give to to a certain you know I, I had to learn that giver to the heart Still working on receiving is very. It's a very tough area for me. Part of it is a control thing. Part of it is just uncomfortable. Right. I, I feel more comfortable kind of giving to people without the expectation of that getting thing. because I feel like I might not get. It like, took me a while to get there, but uh, uh-uh. I don't play those games oh, yeah, no more. No. I still work on it. I still it still comes up. Let me just say that I, I will say that that's something. It has to be a conscious decision for myself. Like. It's okay to receive. Like it's okay to get get back. But I I so agree with you. I wanted to touch back on what you said is that when I look back at my life, kind of being that person that was always there for people, I think even in not I want to say to my own detriment, but to a place that I was super duper broken, I was fixing or helping people fix their lives. And fix their broken areas, and I was broken. All right, Yana. You know what I mean? For real, like Mm -hmm. I'm. That's that's real talk. Talk. I was Mm -hmm. really like giving more to other people People. than I was giving to myself, and I had to be. I had to take a couple steps back and say, okay. Again, grief and trauma and all of that brings on a different light. And when I got hit with my Mack truck, boom, of like, okay, my dad's gone. You know what I mean? What am I really, am I grieving just him? And then it was You're all grieving so grief many and things. trauma and all the stuff that was coming up. It's a trigger. It, it triggers, was a trigger. triggers so many things. And I had to learn in that in the moment of my growth and going to ther- seeking therapy, because mm-hmm. that's another thing. I had to seek therapy and I didn't always have the right. I had to be dedicated to myself and wanting to be here. That's good. So um, I had to say to myself, you are everything for everyone else. But who are you to you? Wow. You know what I mean? Like That's a good That's a good question you are everything for, the, for the listeners. To, like, and, and honestly, like... Who are you to you? Wow. You know, and I had to learn how to speak to myself kindly. Yeah. I had to learn to reprogram and retrain. And the journey when it comes to the healing and everything, let me tell y'all, it's a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending process. It's, it's a, a never. Never. <laughs> You know, you're always continuing to work on being yourself. You're always continuing to work on to show up and to, you know, continue through this life. Because let me tell you something. This life stuff, they didn't tell us this in school. They said you could be whatever it is that you want to be <laughs> when you grow up. Yes. They didn't tell us about none of this paying bills. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell us none of this struggles. Yeah. They didn't tell us all, you know, disappointments, yes. hurt, pain. They didn't tell us any yep. of this. They paint a picture, but they don't tell you that it's so blurry. Yeah. You understand that's, what I'm saying? That's good. No, that is 100% good. And I think we don't. We don't talk about the the one thing I love um, with my my children now. I'm glad that I'm able to give them a different lens to look through, and I wish my parents were um, more transparent. But I thank God for where they were, if that makes sense, because I think that I think this wouldn't exist if not. And again, how we how you said being in a place to even talk about this depression. I have been suicidal twice in my life. Um, and being able to say that even out of my mouth to whoever is listening, right, is like, 
people will be like, what? You know what I mean? Like, what? No, I've, I've literally like wrote down, this is what will happen if I'm no longer here. And I was okay with that. You know what I mean? It's a scary place to be. And it's not only for quote unquote, how people say, oh, well, something must be really wrong. No, I'm a functioning, successful, you know what I mean? Mom of two, like, it is a place that I wish on no one, but I, I love that I was able to get out of it, right? And I love that now I have a space to talk about it where I, I'm praying that somebody who is listening, who's even considering or it's ever gone through their mind or everybody doesn't have, you know, again, some people don't know that struggle, but I know what that looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like not to want to get out of bed. I, there was a time in my life I literally used to pray that the Lord would not wake me up. And every day that I, I get another day on earth, I thank God for it because I know that there's somebody else that didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? Who was just as successful, who would have, you know, you said, how is it possible? Like, I'm like, I just, I'm so grateful that I didn't act on what I was feeling. I'm so grateful that, you know, God really spared my life in one case that, I'm still here and able to talk to the people that are literally suffering in silence. And you don't have to. This space, 100% is the space. Right. This is the space to come and be okay without judgment of what people think you are or how other people see you and be okay with saying, I'm not always good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Every day is not a good day. I don't always feel good. I have been having trouble getting not knowing what depression was, getting out of bed since I was a kid. I remember in high school, I'd be like, oh, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Now nah, you're not sick, boo. You just don't, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel good. No, nah, it ain't that you don't feel good. But I like you, I didn't know what that was. So I also, my heart is to children. Right. Because I think about that too, with everything that I endured as a child. What if... You know what I'm saying? Like I would have, I would have, you know, taken my life as a child, not knowing. And there's so many children committing suicide. There's so many adults. There's so many successful people that you never think that they're carrying what they're carrying. right? Right. And we have to get more comfortable with being like, I'm not okay. Right. And having the right people around us to be able to say that, that if they can't help you, they know how to get you to somebody who can. can, Mm -hmm. Right. So I just, I'm just like, I know this is a super heavy topic, right? We both looking at each other and I'm over here trying to hold back tears, but it's okay to cry. This is a space to cry. I've done a lot of crying. I know what that, you know what I mean? And some days I'm just like, I'll tell Amber or I just, I'm like, I need a day to cry. Like, Mm -hmm. and sometimes those are happy tears. I'm a crier anyway, (laughs) but sometimes those are happy tears. In other cases, it's just like, I'm, I'm just grateful I'm not where I used to be. Right. You know what I mean? So I think as, um, I, guess, I guess for the listeners, one thing I, I wanted to talk about, you talked about anxiety. Mm-hmm. And are you, do you still struggle with that? Is that something that still comes up? I or? get, I still get very anxious in it's, uh, situations. I get very anxious about more so like my future. Mm-hmm. Um, in what way? Uh, just feeling like I'm not doing enough. Um, just, Child, you too. What? Doing enough? Yeah, well, okay. or feeling way? like I'm not where I'm supposed to be sometimes. It's at times. Like, I have my good days and um, I have my bad days when it mm-hmm. comes to, like, the anxiety. And even when I am speaking my truth, mm-hmm. like, I, before, you know, coming here and, Yeah, we both know, have anxiety, so like, I Like, just it. having that, that pressure because this is not something that... This is something I just started to talk about because Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's levels to your story, right? So I got to a place where I was comfortable with telling my story of the traumas that I've been through. Mm -hmm. But I was not comfortable with talking about what those traumas produced. Mm. So I could tell the story like, yeah, I've been through this, I've been through that. But I wasn't ready and prepared to talk about what those traumas had produced in in the, the moment of the now gotcha. in the moment of today and it came with a lot of shame um that's why you know like I came here because you know I feel like God stretches you right yeah, when, he does. when when is your time you know what I mean yeah. when is your time and 
when you're when you're ready, even when you're not ready. Cause I'm gonna be honest, I don't fully feel ready sitting here right now. Yeah, I don't but... either. Just so you feel more comfortable, I don't either. I same as you, and I'm not to even cut you off, but I think that when it's time, it's time, and. Sometimes I put myself aside because I feel like even what we both even shared thus far, that the reason that we were allowed to go through that and still be here to sit here today is that the people that are listening that will listen to this won't have to take the same roads, won't have to know that there are people like me. I wish I I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger or told me like, no, I feel like that too, right? Yeah. Um, I wish there was a space. I wish there was a, a something on the radio that said, hey, are you having trouble getting out of bed? This is what that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wish there was a space for me for and with somebody who looked like me mm-hmm. um, or who I looked up to. So I think I think what we're doing is a a step to healing. Right. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, it's a huge process it to is. heal. And I think this is our first avenue to that. And who knows where it will lead? You know, who knows? Will we ever know who lives we save? Um, I don't think that. Um, so I feel like God gives assignments, right? So mm-hmm. I used to be one of those people. Like, if you know me personally, um, I literally have a story for everything. Right. And I used to hate being the person that had a story from everything. I promise you, like my my closest friends and my my three best friends that have been my friends since I'm talking about diapers and walking. I always say to them when we joke and I say, if you guys were not my friends to be able to attest to the things that I've been through, nobody would believe the stuff that I've been through. (laughs) So when I think about the things that I've been through, there was a point in my life that I felt angry at God because I felt like, God, why me? Like, I'm telling you, I done been in jail. I done done did it. Like, when I say I done been there, done that, wrote the book, abusive relationships, you know what I'm saying? Not having my dad. Like, you know, it's, it's... Everything. Both of my parents being drug addicts, like growing up where the toilet didn't even flush. Like I've been there. Yeah. I've done it. Like I have been assigned this story. Right. So mm-hmm. I used to be like, God, why me? And now that I'm in a healing part phase, of my book. I really think I'm need you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I used to be like, God, why me? But then when I go through moments of like healing, I was like, okay, God, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I see what you're doing because if I did not go through these things, if these things did not happen to me, and if they didn't happen, who who would I be helping? Yeah. How yeah. would That's how would I have the to be able to connect to people? Yeah. I could connect to people who have been in abusive relationships. I could connect to people who have drug addicted parents. I could connect to people who have suicidal ideation. Who yeah. tried like I could connect to people because of the things that I've been through. So then I go into the moments of gratitude where it's like, okay, God, I'm grateful, right? Yeah. Because had I not been through to get through, I would not be able to help other people through. Come on And now. that's my service to this world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on. That's good. <laughs> I love that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I think that's, that's an amazing way to look at it. Um, my pastor used to say, like, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. story. And I always think about that because the level that you're going is always sometimes a level of pain. Like sometimes that 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 level of pain that you've gone through, because I often feel like that. I hate when pe- people are talking. I'm like, me too. Yeah. Me too. But I don't never get offended. I need the me too. Yeah. But I was like, I was about to say the me too's make me feel more normal because yeah. I think I grew up thinking that were in spaces in my life like I was the only one and I'm the only one struggling with this. I'm the only one who is having it. a problem getting out of the bed, out of bed. I'm the only one who's smiling in public and crying on my way home. I'm the only person that's crying for weeks and weeks, weeks and, and weeks. weeks at a time and can't get it together and got to, you know, pull it together and put on whatever mask that is to be able to function. You know what I mean? And so I do love the Me Too's and I love that God has allowed us to be able to be in a place that we can share. Like Transparency is hard. Vulnerability Vulnerability is is hard. hard. And I have not always been at this space. Like I said, I was at a point where I was okay with telling a portion of my story. And my story is still being written. I was about to say, I'm still not fully comfortable. I'm I'm still not fully comfortable, but um, 
you know, like, shout out to my best friends, you know, both of them are, um, well, I have three, but two of them are therapists, three, uh, another close girlfriend of mine, they're therapists, I'm like, God knew what he was doing surrounding me with, uh, I know that's right. the, with therapists and psychologists, and y'all got all these letters after y'all name and all of that <laughs> other good stuff, you know what I'm saying, because shout, out to, I, shout out to them, but what's so crazy is that, um, he knew that I needed people like that, yeah. you know? And yeah. I'm going to be honest, like, I've had intimate conversations with them. Like, they know me, know me, know me, know me sometimes better than what I feel like I know myself. And mm-hmm. they said to me, I don't know how you've gone through the things that you've, you've been through, through and yeah. you're still here. Which then lets me know, like, somebody just, I'm built different. Yeah. Like, I'm built not broken. Built not broken. Built not broken. Yes. Shout out to be inspired. Shout out to, shout out built to not broken. I, I, I actually, I love that, you know, I, I wore this for this episode for that reason because I think that everything that we've gone through, and I love that you even kind of put it on a shirt, is this is what we've gone through. We've built been not built. Broken. Through, unfortunately, it's all the trauma, trauma, all the pain, pain all the hurt, all the hurt. disappointment. Yes. Let me tell you something. You are built for this. Yes. You are built for this. We are. And a lot of people don't understand when it comes to like the depression and when it comes to the suicide and all the other stuff. Like, let me tell you something. People who deal with suicide, it's not that they don't want to live anymore. Yeah. They don't want to feel pain anymore. I was about anymore. to say they don't want to feel anymore. They don't want to it's feel. Not death. It is exhausting yeah you know and um i often have this conversation with my therapist and like built not broken was produced wow today has been a year since i started being inspired has it it has been a year since i I sold my first t-shirt and built not broken and you didn't even know but what happened was it came up on my um on my on my Facebook, I was like, you know, I be doing a lot. Yeah. So it came up on my Facebook reminders like uh sold out sold out my first 30 shirts. That's so crazy. That's so and crazy. And Built Not Broken was produced from a space that I was a very dark space I was in last year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, last year, Sunday, Sunday, um, it'll be a year. Like I, I almost, you know, I almost lost my life. Not unbeknownst to me though. Like I went to the hospital for one thing. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the hospital, the doctor literally said, had you not come in here today, you would have died wow. within the next 20 hours because X, Y, and Z would have happened. And you, and I, I didn't even know I had no pain. I had no nothing. I had to be rushed to emergency surgery in the middle of a pandemic. I had nobody there with me. It, it was just crazy. So Built Not Broken was produced from that. It was, wow. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's wild, right? I love it. <laughs> Today I is love a year. It. That it's is so year. crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm sorry I got off topic. No. I just, that just hit me because I was like, wait. That's one topic. What yeah. you mean? <laughs> no, that's, that's 100% one topic. It's just, I think it's only pre- that God uses the broken places to just take us to a different level. And we would never think, if I think back to all the the painful places, right? Depression, suicide, just all these different, you know, traumas and griefs. I'm just like, some days I just, I'm like, I thank you. And I know this sounds so crazy, but I'm grateful for the pain because what it produced and what it built is so much more. It's so much. It's so much greater than it's you. It's so much greater. And That's, when you figure that out, yes. Once you are able to see that, I just pray again. I pray for the people that are listening, the 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 quote unquote strong women who are listening, who feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulder. Mm. Um, the men who feel like they don't have a space to say, "I'm not okay." I think so often for men, it's so much harder just in a, I agree. a in a regular space to ask for help, mm-hmm. um, to say that something is wrong because they're men and it's this kind of thing behind it. Like men are just good and they're, no, they're not. They're not. They're not. Um, and, and even the children in this pandemic Ooh. who are dealing with, you know, I check on my kids often. I have what I call check-in meetings with them or check-in brunches because you got to feed them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to, you know, just to do a check, like I ask those Our questions. Our babies are struggling. Because I know that we're living in a new world. And I know it's hard for us, but it's also hard, hard for the child, kids. The, the children 
children that are out here with, you know, the normal activities that they have and just normal things that they were used to doing that they can no longer do that doesn't feel so normal. And just being, you know, for the outgoing child who now has to be in right more it's, than out, you know what I mean? It's been a struggle for our kids. Like, I work with kids mm-hmm. um, just for them to be able to adapt. Yeah. You know, you got to understand, people have to understand, we took them from a place of where they had structure, yeah. right? They had like a schedule and then we, you know, they kind of were stripped from that. And then they're forced to be sat in front of a computer or a laptop at a certain amount of hours a day. Kids up to teenagers, up to high schoolers, they need to do stuff. They need movement. Yeah. They have to be, you have to catch their attention. And not only that... It's very difficult for them to be that disciplined to sit there in front of a computer. It's you know what I mean for and that even many the babies they're asking to do that. That's the babies, thing. and yeah. not only that, like relationship, them not being able to be social. Yeah. You know that social, social and emotional learning piece is it's so huge. imperative yes, to huge. the growth of who they are and who they will become. Yeah. You know, so our babies are struggling. I am happy, you know, that we are getting back to some form of normal, a new normal. Yeah. They are going back um, to, you know, in school sessions and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very um, pleased with that. I don't care if it's a couple days a week just to give them that feel of some type of normalcy and connection. Yeah. So, yeah, our babies are struggling, too. We've all struggled, but our babies are really struggling. They are. Check on your babies, uh, for real. I know that, you know, for some people it's convenient to have the kids home. And I, I have, you know, of course I have two boys, but personality-wise they're very different. different. So my younger son is the social butterfly mm-hmm. and loves to kind of be out and kind of doing stuff. And he, I've seen him kind of turn into the, he's very comfortable at home now. Mm. And it's a little bit like, I'm now like, we got to go outside. I'm like, come on, get outside. Let's do a little bit of, right. you know, something. And luckily, you know, sports and stuff are starting back up, but definitely concerned. Cause I know that's not necessarily his personality. He likes to be outside and kind of doing stuff. And again, when the pandemic was, at its height, he couldn't. Right. Um, so, and of course, I'm super protective of that. Where my oldest son, he's still too. Even in college, he's not getting the true college experience. You mm, know what I mean? So, yeah. And he's an athlete, so he's been on campus, but it's not the normal on campus experience. So, the year that the pandemic, the uh, last 2020, mm-hmm. I had 13 graduating students from my program. They had been in my program since they were middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. I got so many phone calls about. Not being able to go to prom, not being able to go to a graduation. That is traumatic where you feel like you have worked your whole entire life. And now they are young adults and they don't get to see the things that they feel like, like the fruits of their labor. You know what I mean? So it's been it's been um, it's been very tough, you know, um, very, very tough on all of us. Yeah, it has. It has. But there is, I think, the the highlight to this, because we want to talk about mental health and therapy and all of that there is a brighter side to it it is um and there's help available um i i actually probably going forward with the exchange i really want to do more interaction with the listeners and if anybody is struggling especially not just this month but just in general please dm us reach out Um, please reach out um i have a heart for people um, in heart those people. places because we are heart, heart people. people. I love that um, word, heart people. Yes. Well, I love that term. Yes, because I just, I, you know, I know what it is to be there and I'm not in a place or I'll, I pray that I never get in a place that I don't realize or I'm not available to help or even point you in the right direction. direction. I'm so grateful for my therapist. I'm so blessed Amen. that I was able to connect to her and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to have that ear that listened and didn't see just strong Deb, you know what I mean? And and take that place, but really saw me and she's cheering me on. I talked to her before I even came on today, just of and she's just like, Yeah, I'm like, Yeah, we have to talk about this because I realize the importance and I realize that people are affected and suffering in silence. And we don't there are people like you, you know what I'm saying? Like and me that are out here and available to, you know. I mean, exchange with them and pour in or point you in the right direction if we don't have all the tools um, to give you. I'm in school to be a therapist hey. Uh, hey. because I, I just feel like I, I just for those who I can, you know, help. Um, in that sense, and not just on this platform, but I would love to be able to help people, Other people. on a different level, um, and it's so important. So it is. Yeah. Um, I I want to say that I challenge 
the listeners, mm-hmm. you know, to challenge them. I want to challenge the listeners to ask for help or yeah. to talk to someone. I want to challenge the listeners to break the cycles of whatever their norm has been then, yeah. over these years. Um, I decided to break my silence in a sense yeah. because I was suffering in silence. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I'm going to give them another challenge. I challenge the listeners to check on the person in your life that you deem strong. Strong. Oh, that's good. And make sure they're okay. Like, really okay. Like, really okay. I'm really not talking okay. about, like, yeah, hey, I'm good. you good? <laughs> no, I mean, like, are you really, really good? good? And where's your... That's why I ask people, how's your heart more than anything, because I know what it is to look great on the outside mm. and be crushed in the inside. And you know what? That's not to cut you off, but that's actually another reason why I started to, because I know mm-hmm. that I do have people that look at me in a certain light, right? Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I felt ashamed to share this part of me, because they, I didn't want to show that part of me and look weak, but mm-hmm. I know that I have an influence out there to show people that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to have those internal struggles, but what are you doing about it? Yeah. Are you working on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And what seeking help looks like and yeah. what not having a good day and, you know, or having a bad moment and recuperating from that moment yeah. to not allow it to, you know, ruin your entire day. Absolutely. You know, um, what it looks like to heal, what it looks like to process wow. things, you know? So it's like, I decided to talk about it and this is my first you know first year talking about it so I love it I'm glad Thank that you, you you decided to bless us with the talk about it because like you said transparency and vulnerability is such a scary place right? right you don't know how people are going to receive it you don't know if you're ready so I'm grateful that you trusted us enough and you felt like <sighs> yes this was the space for you to do it yes absolutely. Yeah. and you believe it or not you've helped me in a place you don't even know, um, be able to share more freely in that place because I'm no different than you. you right. know what I mean, we we share. And we're no different yeah, than anybody else. And there. anybody else that's listening. Mm-hmm. So I just a I thank you for coming on. Thank you. I know that you have some amazing things coming up that I want you to share with the people. <laughs> and then if, if you if you will bless us, because listen, B is when I say she has layers, I call them parfait because she has so <laughs> many layers. She's thank not you. just this or that. She is this and that. Oh, I right? love that. So she got a little bit <laughs> of this and, and a, a little, little bit of that. that. She do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I, I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are so gifted and talented. And I, I want people to know that there are people who may struggle with this, but on the on the on the bright side of that, it's always look a silver lining. Yeah, look at the amazing stuff that you are doing. So, Thank will you, you just share with the listeners kind of what you have coming up, and then I think she's gonna bless us with a poem, y'all. A peep, okay. You just gonna put me on the spot. She's so, so cute. Um. You know what? So what I have coming up, I'm actually in a play. Okay. Yes. So I'm, I'm in a coming. play. You say I'm ay, coming. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> so I'm in a play May second. Um, What's the play called? It, it's called. Um, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> don't kill. Don't kill. Don't kill her. Because I just put her totally on the interview, spot. Interview. It's called um, an interview of a foster child. Oh wow. An interview of a foster child. It's so dope. Shout out to my guy, Ambition, a poet. Oh, I love him. Shout out to him. Ambition is one of the dopest people that I know. He's probably like gonna kill me right now because I'm supposed to be on rehearsal. <laughs> Ambition, <laughs> please don't, please don't kill her. Cause don't know, kill she, me, Ambition. She's here doing, she's here doing her work. Okay, <laughs> and, um, but uh, also so. Um, shout out to everybody that's just been in the community that supports me. You know, uh, back by popular demand, August 2020, the community day will be back in full effect. Um, you know, with COVID restrictions okay. and gear. Okay. You know, but. Gotta uh, do something for the kids. I've got to. It's time. Yeah. It's time. They and I it. get it. And we're supposed to have COVID restrictions, but when we're going to have COVID restrictions, but we cannot continue to just be cramped up in the houses yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know, we'll have COVID restrictions and, you know, 
will have the sanitizer and you know your mask and stuff is going to be outdoors okay. and stuff like that. So the community day, I do a community day every year up until like and last where's year. Where's that located? It, it's going to be as far from here, girl. That's but all right because people, we got listeners that a little bit of everywhere. Like, we sure do. Yes, we do. Hello, yeah. hey listeners. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it you. is. Uh, it's going to be in Newtonville, New Jersey, okay. at the Martin Luther King Center, and it is a really, really big park. And we're going to have everything from you know games for the kids, okay. book bag giveaways, gift card giveaway, everything. Like we have something for everybody: free haircuts, face painting, everything. I love it. Um, it's always 300 to 500 people that show up. Okay, we've never done anything less than 300 people, and it's it's, it's an amazing event. And um. I'm gearing towards uh, September 2020 to have my first women's empowerment event. Oh. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Sign me up. Come brunch with Be Inspired AIDS. Yeah, <laughs> I like but, that. Uh, Be Inspired brunch. But yeah, so, you know, just if you guys, you know, could follow me and stuff. Yeah, so, so I'm going to put, you share with the listeners, but um, also on YouTube and everything. And when we post this, we'll put it all in there for you. So yeah. you can get in contact with her. She has some dope clothing. She's doing oh, some thank you. amazing stuff in the community. Let's, with let's my babies, with the kids. I love my kids, y'all. Yeah. Um, you guys, yeah, you can follow me at Miss We Care. That's at M-S-W-E-C-A-R-E. And you can find everything else from my page on Instagram. Yeah. And on Facebook, I'm just Brenda Phillips. Um, okay, hey, B. Hey, B. Yeah. <laughs> so you wanted me to share. It's funny because uh, I'm, I'm going to share something real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had said to me. Because I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to share, right? Yeah. And you can, you said, well, if you feel led to if share. If you feel led to if share. If you feel led to share. And let me tell you why I feel led to share. And I felt like it was comp- confirmation. Mm-hmm. The entire time during this conversation between me and you, you kept saying the first line in my poem. And what is that? Don't suffer in silence. Oh. Shoot, look at how so that I work. was like, wow. <laughs> like, she kept, and you didn't even know you were saying it. You kept saying it. So, I'm just going to share a piece of um, this. I don't even have, I never named my poems, y'all. It might be like the crazy creative part of me. Yeah. So, um, uh, this is sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, don't suffer in silence, they say. But every time I gained enough heart to. Pour out what's been weighing heavy on my heart, I would be met with the awkward silence. A subtle resistance of uncomfortableness and a response from someone who just doesn't get it. And maybe they wanted to, but just didn't know how. So immediately that would cause me to withdraw, regretting that I said anything at all. So I'm fine. No, girl, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay has become the biggest lie that I ever told. When you ask me how I'm doing, do you really want to know? Because truth is, I'm talking myself off a ledge every day, trying to convince myself of reasons on why I should stay, telling God that I'm sorry as I will cry and pray, hoping all my good deeds of love is enough to still get me through heaven's gates. Lord, please forgive me. There's nothing more that I could take. My life continues to be playing episodes of reruns on life's pain. I'm fucking drained. Do you know what it's like to be in a room full of people? You know that you're visible, but they don't really see you. Do you know what it's like to plan your own demise? You picked out the perfect place and thought of the least painful way to die. Do you know what it's like to write a letter to your loved ones saying goodbye? Do you know what it's like to make an attempt on your own life? But don't suffer in silence, they say. But tell me, how do you begin to talk about something that you can't even explain? You can't go to your family and friends because the answer to everything is just pray. As if my tears haven't been introduced to countless pages in the Bible and search of scripture to help me find my way. Psalms 147 and 3 says that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up all wounds. But if there's any truth to that, then why does it feel like I'm bleeding through? You are strong, they say. You are strong, they say. You are strong, I say. You are strong, and that's it. I'm not going to do anything else. 
I'm not. No, I'm done. She got me crying on here, y'all. Wow. Wow. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. I pray that that saved somebody's life because I felt that. Stop. I felt that. I felt that. So I just thank you because I thank you for my tears because I'm crying now and people could actually see me because we on YouTube and being <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I thank you for that. And I pray that that saves somebody's life, that they know Absolutely. that somebody else feels them because I felt you. My words will change the world. They will change the world. <laughs> I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. So you guys, until next time, this this month is going to be a heavy month and we got heavy hitters coming through who are really sharing transparently. We thank Brenda. I'm going to thank her for you because she just blessed me. So I pray that she blessed you and we will see you next week. Hey. Hey. Hey.